Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Hello, welcome back. Uh, it's Mother's Day when we're recording. No moms here. Hello, I'm Kelso though. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kyla. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. And I'm Carl, and thank you for reminding me, but it's not Mother's Day. That's true. Yeah, I never... Yeah. I had to go, uh, Ev's parents are gonna be here this afternoon, so I had to, like, went to the store to pick up some stuff, and I was like, oh, I gotta get flowers. Like, stressed mm. out. Very stressed out today, and I was like, why are you so stressed out? And I get home with, like, flowers, and he's like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm like, yeah! I'm stressed out <laughs> all the time, because I'm constantly thinking, like, ten steps ahead of you. Dear. <laughs> uh, <Yep. laughs> uh, that's just how it be, I yeah. guess. That's my understanding as well, yep. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, how, how have y'all been? It's been a few weeks. Yep, we, uh, we took a long time to play this game because it was much longer than we thought. Um, yeah, no kidding. Well, we'll get into that. I guess. Yeah, we'll get into that. But uh, I've been pretty good. I saw um, the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the third one, um, which is very solid, as the Guardians movies generally are. I haven't even seen the second one. I'm, like, so far behind in just, like... Marvel stuff. Air quotes. <laughs> well, air quotes, like, current movies. Oh, um, fair. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I don't know, I took a five-hour class yesterday on, like, home buying and what you need to know about it. So, yeah. Are you feeling equipped? I mean, better equipped than before the <laughs> class. It was a very valuable class. It was just five hours long. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Which, like, I don't know how much of it I really retained, to be honest. But uh, it at least, like, gave me a bunch of contact numbers to, like, people to ask questions to, so. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. and the next time you learn it, it might stick. Yep, yep. <laughs> this is twice now so that I've taken a similar course, so hopefully it's, some of it is starting to sink in a little. Yeah. I think, I don't know, I feel like the big thing is just, like, finding a good realtor who will deal with all, most of the, like, annoying, stressful shit. Um, yeah, there's a whole thing in, uh, like, Washington State where, like, first-time homebuyers can get certain assistance. Did you know, and, like, PSA, um, for people living in the United States, uh, the Department of Housing and Urban Development, which is, like, a government <laughs> entity, um, offers... Free nonprofit counseling services for home buying, like across the country. You can find someone who is a registered housing counselor and meet with them one on one to talk about stuff. And they will like help you make a decision about like whether you should buy and like what's responsible for you. Um, and like nobody knows about this service, but it's like an amazing free service that like everyone has access to. <laughs> Honestly, that is, I didn't know that. Um, like, we just my, got my really... My realtor didn't know that. Yeah. And, like, that, she, wow. she's in the industry, so... Yeah. Is there that a limit sense. to how many times you can go? I mean, I you have to make an appointment, and I assume it, based on where you go, probably, like, it might be hard to schedule uh, to do it too many times. 
but you know uh one of the one of the teachers at the class yesterday was one of these housing counselors and she's like i feel like housing counseling should be mandatory for anyone about to buy a house because like people are so much more responsible if they get a little education about what they're getting into beforehand yeah definitely that's that's like one thing that i was really surprised by um when we got our pre-approval we were approved for like way way more money than we were comfortable spending and i was like that's really fucked up yeah like same. honestly that's really really fucked up that yeah. that oh yeah i mean we were like yeah. at the very bottom end of what we were approved for and that's like the amount that we were you know even before we had submitted all of our paperwork like that were that was like the amount that we had kind of said you know this is what we're comfortable with and then yeah. the numbers came back and we're like holy shit no way no way are we spending that much money um yeah, yeah we we got approved for like uh, a loan with a monthly rate that's something like two to two and a half times what we're paying right now for our rent and i'm like there's no way that like this is a responsible amount to spend every month based on what we're making. There's they're like there's no way they okayed us for this. What the hell? Yeah, no kidding. It's yeah, it's kind of wild to me. Like what what dark magics are being used to determine these numbers? And I think it's the dark magics of capitalism that uh, yep. conspire to keep us all very in debt forever. Yep. And it's it's funny because I they, it feels like they were supposed to have fixed a lot of this after the like big crisis in two thousand eight, where like there was a huge market <laughs> housing market crash. But yeah. apparently they put some safeguards in place, but not not as many as you would hope. Yeah, yeah, it's um yeah definitely. I think we got really lucky um, also with just. Because our realtor was, like, a family friend, like, a good mm. family friend of Ev's parents, so it's like, okay, well, I'm pretty sure we're not gonna get screwed by them, because we see them all the time. Yeah. They live down the street from Ev's parents, so, like, okay. Um, but, yeah, if we hadn't had that, it would have been, I don't know, a lot more stressful. Yeah. <sighs> so, yes, I hope ev I hope everything is going well. For, for you i know it's a yeah we're trying not to rush the process despite the fact that like we kind of like want to do it real soon um just because like i don't know it's a big freaking decision it's a lot of money and uh, mm -hmm. yeah scary yeah yeah i'm just saying yeah anywho yeah uh, <laughs> that's the adult portion of the podcast yeah, I have intentionally not purchased uh, Tears of the Kingdom yet, so I have not begun that. That's fair. I I bought it. I intentionally waited until I finished uh, today's game, Shadows Over Loathing, before I purchased it. It's like this is. I'm not gonna finish this freaking game if I buy New Zorld. Um, yeah. And I haven't yeah. played that much of it yet. I'm not that hyped. And I'm not sure why. I might play it in a couple of weeks. Did you, That's fair. Did you enjoy the first one? I did, but I never finished it. Okay, so yeah, like, you're not, like, 
crazy in love with the first one. Like, I think that's reasonable to not be super hype. I'm, like, not so much hype as I'm just, like, worried that, like, I'm missing the point in time when all of my friends are playing it and they're all going to be discussing it. And, like, I'll be, you know, six months behind if I wait too long. Yeah. But... I, I don't know. I wasn't hype until, like, the day of. And then I... It came out and I was like, I gotta play this freaking game. I think part of it is because I've just been craving that sort of thing lately. Like, here's a big fucking space to run around in and do all the stuff with. Um, like, the last couple weeks I've been really, like, wanting that kind of a thing. So it's a good, it's a good timing, I guess. But I don't know, after watching the, like, the gameplay demo that they came out with a couple months ago that shows off like the new abilities and stuff. I was like, ah, I don't I don't know if I like this and I still don't know if I love the new stuff. Um Yeah, well, even I've, after having been, played it. I've been trying to avoid like watching pretty much anything. I th like I saw one of the trailers, but I've been like trying to avoid gameplay videos and stuff so mm. I can just discover everything myself. And then we That's went fair. to see Guardians of the Galaxy uh, on Friday, and they played two ads for it before the movie. That's so weird. I'm Video like, game ads before really? a movie. Like, I don't know how yeah. I feel about that. Yeah, I guess all I will say about the new, like, the two main new mechanics, there's a few, but the well, two, don't, like, don't big ones... Don't tell me what they are. No, no, I'm not gonna say. All I will say about them is that they feel kind of tedious, like they break the flow of the game a little bit. And uh, I don't know. They feel a little like fucky for immersion, but whatever. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's, that's all me, I'm I gonna guess. say. I will. I will be vague for you. Okay, no problem. You. Yeah, of course. And uh, of course, a very important um, update for this weekend. Uh, Carl, congratulations! Uh, I guess Sweden won Eurovision. Oh yeah, we doesn't did. Sweden? Doesn't Sweden, like, very frequently win Eurovision? Easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, know. we are tied for first among, or, like, first in amount of views, or amount of wins, I mean, mm -hmm. no. Okay, nice. so yeah. I, I don't, I haven't watched anything from this year. All I know is that people are going wild for that guy from Finland. And I understand why. Like, I, I really only know anything about Eurovision because I'm on Tumblr. And, like, I'm vicariously absorbing people being like, this is what Eurovision is like, and then posting some completely incomprehensible screenshot. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, ten years behind on the Eurovision discourse because, I think, ten years ago exactly was the last time I actually was, like, watching it as it was happening. So I'm still like, oh man, I really hope that Jedward does good this year. <laughs> like, uh, oh no, oh no. <laughs> oh, I hate him, but it's I hate those boys, but it's hard to hate them that much because they're so dumb looking. Anyway, <laughs> they they're committed to the bit, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I've not yeah. heard Jedward in like fifteen years. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think that's probably for the best. 
Um, I I know like honestly very little about uh, about Eurovision at all. I don't think I've ever seen any of it live. I've just like occasionally seen some of the more famous performances, um, and of course the the random screen caps on Tumblr. But I yeah. understand people get very excited about it. <laughs> Not, not you in particular, Carl. I assume you don't get excited about anything, um, but because uh, you are just, you wow. know, our well, you are just our our stoic and and stone faced uh, gremlin in the background. <laughs> I'm the happy guy. Yeah, I get excited about everything. Oh, okay. You just still waters run deep. That's all. That's true. Yeah, that's true. I'll subscribe to that. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm trying to think of like anything else that's happened, but um, all I can think about is how sla- I know, I mean, Carl is slammed at work. I'm also slammed at work, uh, probably in a different direction. It's been- it's been rough. Yeah. But not <laughs> bad. It's just been like- a lot and then I get home and I'm like I don't want to do anything I don't even want to play a video game like I just want to lay in bed and fall asleep to a YouTube video and that's kind of what I've been doing it's really bad um but that's okay I'm currently working on three different games that's my life right now oh oh yeah yeah I feel yeah we, I mean, this is like not even the same thing at all, but I, I get it because I think we had six or seven new clients hire our firm in the space of like two days. So, yeah. Do you have like it's a that... fan or some? Do you have like a fan or something going in the background, Kelsa? I think it's just the air conditioning that's running. I don't have oh, a fan going, but I enough. think it's okay. the air conditioning. Just wanted to check. Um, it is a little bit audible when you speak, FYI. Shoot. Well, I'll try to figure that out in editing. <laughs> okay. You know, you know. Good luck. Yep. Um, yeah, no, we, I don't know if I would say that we're swamped at work, but we are hiring new people. So I've been like in charge of part of the hiring process. So I've been like doing a lot of interviews with people and that's been interesting. I... Like, I guess that's kind of a sign that you're, like, doing well in your career if you're on the other side of the, like, interviewing and hiring decisions table. Yeah. But, man, that's... I can't even, like, conceive of having any part in, like, picking who a company hires. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, the problem is that, like... Well, not problem, but, like, the thing is that we're a really, really small team. Like, there's, like, four of us in the main, like, part of the you know, development pipeline. And so we pretty much have to hire someone that all four of us get along with, right? Like yeah, every, everybody fair. on the team has to meet and participate in this process because uh, we're going to be working with them pretty closely. So yeah, that, nope, that completely makes sense. But it's, mm. I'm, I'm so bad at like, rejecting people right like everyone i meet i'm like you seem like a really cool person i really don't want to have to give you bad news if we like don't hire you oh do you have to give the bad news i i've so far gotten away with just doing it via email 
Um, okay. I like I could theoretically do it at the end of like my session if I'm like, oh yeah, we're definitely not proceeding with this person. But like so far, I I have not met anyone that I'm comfortable being that callous with. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I also, just, think... just do it through with email. It's just better. Yeah, yeah, I think email's fine. I think email is perfectly acceptable, especially considering most people just get fucking ghosted. Um, yeah. By by potential employers, um, like even an email is like, like a a freaking golden rose being presented to you. I yeah, don't especially know because that... we try and give them like reasons why their application was declined. Like, yeah, I feel and... like is is much more than most companies give you these days. Absolutely, yeah, and I, I think I mean I feel like it's better to kind of organize that type of you know information transfer in writing rather than having to actually say it yeah um, especially if you're like you know would have to do it off the cuff right after you speak with them eh, yeah, yeah well i did get one one candidate ask me at the end of the interview like what should i work on improving and i'm like oh you want me to just like list your flaws God damn like that's hard <laughs> Yeah. So it's hard to do it on the spot. Yeah, especially when you've like talked to the person for like you've you've known them for one hour, and like <laughs> you are expected to make a judgment call on them, and it's like all, all right, well, I'm doing my best, I guess. Yeah. 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 Uh, what else? What else? There's. I feel like there's got to have been fun and interesting stuff that's not just like upsetting like workloads and stuff it's like gonna be 90 degrees today over here. it's so hot here yeah but I... probably not 90 degrees whatever let me let me let me 90 degrees Fahrenheit to Celsius. Yeah. Uh, third, that's thirty-two degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's uh, that ain't happening. <laughs> it uh, might happen during the summer. Yeah. So uh, we we've had to break out the air conditioning again for the sake of the small lizard. Oh, the baby boy. He's so. He's sort of he's sort of stopped. He's like hit a growth plateau, and I'm like, not worried, but I'm keeping an eye on him because he's he's stopped uh, gaining weight at the rate that he was. But hmm. he's been I a guess, good good little dude. How like I, I guess I don't know exactly how old he is, but like how like what at what like time are they considered fully grown? Yeah, so typically. the. The, like, adulthood among geckos, uh, or, you know, in the gecko hobby, is considered when they hit adult weight, which is usually between two and three years old um, okay. that they hit adult weight. And adult weight starts at 35 grams. And he is, he will be two years old in August, and he is 32 grams. So he's, like, on track. Um, okay. I'm not, like, crazy worried about him. It's just that, like, he was gaining, you know, like, at least a... Like not quite a gram a week, but like half a gram a week, and now he's just kind of plateaued at thirty-two for like the last like month, month and a half. So mm. yeah, 
Well, that's good. He's, I mean, he's probably yeah. fine. I don't know anything about lizards or geckos or or herps in general. <laughs> I can I can um, tell uh, I can tell a fun gecko story, but it's a little on the gross side. Oh, should I? <laughs> yeah, sure. I don't know. I'm oh. like five years old. I like gross stories. Um. So he's he's started doing. He is like a gecko teen, right? Like he's not quite full adult weight. Uh, and he's been going through his little gecko puberty. Uh, and he started doing a thing that male geckos apparently do fairly as a normal behavior, which is to eat his own sperm. Oh. Um, which is, I don't know you, how much you know about gecko reproduction, uh, but they have like a forked penis. They're called hemipenes. Um and it's like normally kind of like inside in this little pouch and then they can like stick it out through their cloaca uh and you know it, it will form like two little white dots on the end and he will turn around and lick it off so the other night he was uh i had him out of the tank just kind of sitting like nearby uh and he decided to do this where he you know it, it involves him kind of turning himself almost in, like bending himself basically entirely in half so that he can like lick under his tail. So he's like a little U-shape. But apparently he has like not the best body awareness because he was not licking under his tail. He was like licking right above his tail in the small of his back. And he kept like licking and licking and not finding it and not finding it and being like, what's wrong? And he kept like bending further and further to like in search of it until he literally flipped himself over. Like like a dog rolling over, like onto his back and then onto his stomach again, because he just bent too far in that direction. And then he like stopped. He stopped, panicked, like very confused, like whoa, what the fuck just happened? Oh my god. Uh. I'm like, you are such a little goober. What the hell? That's like. I mean, like the teenage thing is right. It's like, oh, he's he's at that age. He's gonna try to suck his own dick. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, apparently I mean, this is a normal thing for like male geckos, even adult male geckos. So it's just you know. But I mean, I guess that's it fair. Really it's like you're not gonna waste that. Yeah. It's protein. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I asked about it because I have I'm on a gecko Facebook group, um, where I can, so I can like ask questions of more experienced gecko keepers, and so I asked like, is this normal? And they're like, yeah, this is a normal like gross male behavior. <laughs> like geckos just do that. Don't worry about it. Uh, gross male behaviors in all species. <laughs> yep. Sorry, Carl. Be <laughs> <laughs> uh, offended. I said sorry. Uh, yeah, okay, well, then it's fine. Okay, cool. Good. Glad we could get past this. Uh, anyway. um, well, yeah. Best of luck to your little guy. Gain yep. some weight. Three more grams, and then he's uh, gotta start paying rent, I guess. And just, then he'll have his gecko mitzvah. Oh. I wonder if I could make a tiny little gecko yarmulke. You should try to do that. I, I'm on board with this. I'm on board with, with Gecko Mitzvah. I like this idea a lot. 
Oh, uh, I have been taking like a ton of gecko pictures recently and posting them all on my Insta. So, uh if I if I do that, I will I will be sure to take a lot of pictures. Yes. So good. He will be a tiny gecko man. Oh man, how oh, I they must somebody must offer that for dogs and call it a bark mitzvah, right? Like, I would be shocked if they didn't. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it right now. Yeah, like right, like that is such the obvious pun that I if yep. it's somebody hasn't done it, I will be Yes, okay. Well Good. it is a thing the people term do. the term has been in bark mitzvah. The term has been in use since at least as early as nineteen fifty eight. Whoa! <laughs> It's a it's an obvious enough pun that uh yeah that Oh I'm my not god. Surprised. Sorry, the Wikipedia page has a picture of a little dog reading the Torah. Yeah, I see that. <laughs> oh man. Notable bark mitzvahs. Okay. Notable no, I can't okay. I can't go down this rabbit hole right no, now. Well, I'm no, just glad okay, that give it us, exists. Give us at least one notable bark mitzvah. Okay, let me see. Um, there's only two. There's only two. Oh. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know. Um, apparently, there is a rabbi dog. There. Named Rabbi Rex Doberman. Uh, wow. So this was in 2005. The bark mitzvah was for a dog named uh, Columbo, owned by uh, Edie and Ed Rudy. A poodle by the way. Uh, and coverage of the event was featured on MSNBC. What? I mean, wow. maybe it was like a local branch where they're like, here's a cute story. Yeah. I... <clears throat> anyway. I've, we've been, we've been, well, Ev has been watching Parks and Rec for the first time, and I've been re-watching it with him, and all I can think about is the, the gay penguin wedding in, like, season two. Uh, <laughs> I, I tried to watch Parks and Rec. Someone told me, like, don't start with season one, start with season two, because, like, season one, they're still kind of figuring out what they're doing. Um, so I, I've both tried to start at season one and tried to start season two, and I've just bounced off it every time. That's fair. I think it's something about the, like, fake documentary format where, like, people are interviewed between scenes or something that, like, I just, I, I completely drops my immersion. Yeah, I get it. I think, I don't know, I feel like they do it well enough in that show where it doesn't feel like you're completely being taken out of the scene. Like, they're still in the same environment. It's not like, we're going to put you in a different room and with a different backdrop and we're going to have you look at the camera. It's like, I'm just in the hallway and the action is still occurring and I'm looking at the camera and talking at it. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, it doesn't bother me that much, but I get it. It's it, uh, an unfortunate relic of The Office. Yeah. That, persisted for way too long mm -hmm. but yeah it's it's a good like mindless kind of comfort food show oh uh, sorry so like watching it was the was the thing i thought you had a story about parks and rec that you were going to launch into oh no i was just thinking about the um just just the the episode where leslie does a penguin wedding and it turns out to be a gay penguin wedding by mistake but that's what bark mitzvahs made me think of yeah like, yeah. 
just a, a a pointless ceremony for some animals who don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, all these things are for the humans anyway, not really for the animal. And it's cute. So yeah, it's, it's cute. Fine. That's if fine. You're not, if you're not harming the animal, then it's okay for the humans to yeah to enjoy themselves. Yeah, I mean, Anywho. I'm sure. I'm sure if you. This is the last thing I'll say about bark mitzvahs. I'm sure the dogs get real good treats during their bark I'm mitzvahs. Sure that, and yeah, that's I'm sure that makes them very happy. Mm -hmm. uh, we should probably talk about the thing we are, like, getting real off track. Yeah, that's probably yeah. a good idea. Uh, okay. <laughs> Wait, who was going to intro it? It was I don't me. Even remember. Uh, <laughs> we played Shadows Over Loathing. We're going to talk about... Um, uh, developed and published by Asymmetric, uh, follow-up to 2017's West of Loathing. Um, this came out November of last year, so it's it's not like brand brand new, but it's it's still pretty recent. Um, we played uh, West of Loathing on the stream, uh, on the stream on the pod, and we all really enjoyed that one. So uh, yeah, we wanted to do the follow-up sequel. This one is. Whereas West of Loathing is obviously like a Western, um, this is much more of a uh, noir 20s, like Cthulhu horror type thing. Um, and I think they do a, like a good job with the kind of trappings and tone of that. It's it's a comedy game, so it's obviously like a little more lighthearted than you would expect from that genre. Yeah. Um, but they do... Uh, they do dip into um uh like the surrealist parts periodically and those are actually some of my favorite parts of the game yeah yeah i think i, I don't know i felt like the theming was a little more all over the place in this one mm -hmm. um but the the very like explicitly lovecraft stuff um mostly like the the weird dream sequences and the university I think mm -hmm. were probably my favorite parts. Yeah. Um, so the premise is that you are, uh, I don't know, a young young person recently graduated from school, um, and you got a letter from your uncle that like he wants you to join him in some, on some adventure, and you arrive at the antique store that he run, only to find that he is missing. And the his assistant who run, is running the antique store is like looking for him, and she tells you that uh, actually this isn't just an antique store; it is uh, like a built to find and capture like these cursed artifacts and and uncurse them and sort of like make them safe. Uh, and so she wants your help tracking down a bunch of cursed artifacts and also finding your uncle Murray. And so each section, it's divided into six chapters, and each one, like, you go to a place a la West of Loathing, and, like, you can wander around the map to find stuff, or you can, like, you know, little events will trigger that will get, get find you specific locations on that map. Um, and you go through the area, you usually do a bunch of side quests, you find the cursed object, you bring the cursed object back to the antique store, and uh, you uncurse it via and like destroy the curse via this like weird um surrealist dream sequence type thing where you like it's it's like the curse something about like the curse applying to your psyche scape or something and 
and you just have to unravel it. And it's like one ones where you're like a woodcutter doing um He's, he's solving solving uh, the murder of a tree. Yeah, solving a tree murder. There's a there's one where you're like an ancient Gaul tribe, like deciding whether to capitulate to the Romans. Um, uh, there's the baseball one where, baseball. yeah, where you're uh, you know, playing uh, as a member of a uh, sorely outmatched baseball team that's just like getting pummeled by I don't even know like who the opponent is. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. There's like a, a an Agatha Christie style uh, murder on a train mystery that you have to solve. Yep. Uh, there's one where you're a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, and you have to eat everything. That one was um, that one is frustrating until you figure it out. Yeah, that one is stranger than most. Yeah. Uh, and then the the like really kind of chilling final one <clears throat> there's like a a brooding dark scarecrow thing trying to kill you and it keeps like killing you repeatedly and chasing you through all the various dreamscapes you've seen before and you have to figure out a way to stop it um do you actually have to uncurse any of the ob like you, you uh i guess you you uncurse all the objects but do you ever do you actually have to destroy any of the curses to finish the game i don't know and I was thinking gives you about the option that. of not, but I always yeah. just did right away. Same. And I was thinking about that as I was doing it, but I was like, "Well, I'm here. I might as well." So I don't know what happens if I, you probably get like a post-game title card about how you should have uncursed the things if you don't do it. Um, that's yeah. my guess. There's about like seventeen twenty-five end title cards oh of my like God. summarizing all of the side quests that you did or didn't do. Yeah, if you brush up against a side quest, like, you're gonna get a title card about it, whether or not you actually finished the thing or not. Yeah. Uh, which I guess brings us to, uh, like, what I assume is probably most of our criticisms about this game, which is, it is too long. Game too long. It has too yes. much stuff. Uh, like, yeah. I, the humor is still great. Like the, all the things I loved about West of Loathing, like I still kind of love about Shadows. But it's it, it like it's over twice as long as as West of Loathing is, and the the gameplay is really simple, and I think does not hold up for a full thirty hours. Yeah, uh, it's also very similar to West of Loathing. Yeah. So not only is it twice as long, it's Three More times insane. as long if you count West of Loading as well. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of more of the same. Which, like, you know, uh, like I said, I I really enjoyed West of Loading, and I enjoy this humor a lot. And for sure there were jokes in this that, like, made me not, not just, like, chuckle out loud, but, like, honest, you know, bark of laughter, like, big, uh, you know, hearty guffaws type laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I appreciate that. I still love that. I'm still glad that's there. Um, but if I was going to recommend one versus the other game to people, I'd probably tell them to start with West Floating. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, we were talking about this, like, 
just in in chat a couple days ago but it like the length of the game i think hurts it on both the front end and the back end um because it it took it felt like it took me a long time to get really hooked into it and like the two middle sections were my favorite the university and there's a big swamp and those were like the two my favorite parts of the game and they were the parts where i was like i want to go around and i want to do all this stuff and i want to explore and do side quests and talk to people and then after that i was just like okay i don't care anymore like i was like not even reading all of the dialogue um i i did the whole section of uh what's the one after the swamp great gray county yeah with the the like oil baron subplot like i did that whole section without really reading much dialogue without really understanding what my objective was i was just like okay i'm gonna go to this place where they're telling me to, to go and i'm gonna do this thing and that's fine um, yeah. So 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 let's see. So the first uh, first you're in Ocean City, um, and you have to get a hat that is cursed. Um, I forget where you even get the hat. Yeah, I don't remember either. This was uh, like a oh, long no, this many hours with, like, ago. This was the one with like the 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 gangs and the mob and the like refrigerator factory. And there's, like, that guy that you were trying to find, but he gets, like, uh, Cthulhu'd into some, like, weird dark spirit. And you can either yeah. fight him or you can, like, drop something on him from a crane or something like that. Yeah, you drop a fridge yeah. on him. That's what I did. I love that that's a sentence. <laughs> yeah. That's the type of game this is. Yep. There is, uh, you just there have is... to accept it. Yep. Uh, there is an option that... Uh, the, or an achievement where you can beat the game apparently without ever doing any fights, which I'm super curious about uh, what that playthrough looks like. Yeah, I I mean, there's like a pacifist mode checkbox yep. that I never really explored, and I, you know, eventually if I revisit this, maybe I'll do that. Um, uh, you know, a as it is, there's so much that you can do to just bypass it because there's so many goofy stats. There's, of course, you know, your muscle, moxie, and mysticality, your three main stats. But then you also have, like, spooky armor, stench armor, sleaze armor, hot armor, cold armor, physical armor. I think I'm missing one. Uh, um, yeah. Stink. Oh, sleaze yeah. and stink are different. That's right. Um, so, yeah. Stench, and you can, I guess. And you can basically circumvent a lot of stuff just by having enough of a stat yep. and it's and not are... hard to do that with potions or you know items yeah yeah you have two two like consumable slots one for potion one for food and then like four equipment slots something like that maybe only three because technically the shoe slot like isn't equipable but the only thing it ever does is change your animation uh your walk animation and the walk sound effects yeah, I think you've got hat, pants, accessory, and... And offhand item. Offhand item, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Which are your, yeah, are your equipment slots. Yeah, which the, the offhand item, I think, is something that gives you, that, like, grants you a once-per-battle, uh, like, ability of some kind, depending on what you have equipped. Um, yeah. And everything else is, like, just stats. Um, mm -hmm. including like HP regen and stuff, like to the point where yeah, it's you can get real OP if you have the right combo of uh, 
of stuff. I did uh, end up going back and beating. There's like a a hard optional boss that's like uh, this like gator golem down in a temple, which you don't have to fight, but uh, it's and it's got like 1100 HP. Oof. Uh, and it can it like it knows a lot of moves that so every time it gets hit, its stats all its stats go up by one, and it also has a move that boosts all its stats by three. So by like midway through that fight, it can pretty much one shot you uh, if you're not mitigating that somehow. But like, I I went through and I beat it, and it wasn't even that hard because <laughs> I, yeah. I by the end of the game I had a I had an ability I so I was a jazz agent. The three classes are jazz agent, uh, pig skinner, and cheese wizard cheese wizard um and so uh i had a a jazz agent technique called drum roll um which doubled the uh the attack power of my next moxie ability which is like what my main attack was um and then i also had an ability uh that boosted my moxie by five um, so just a lot of, yeah, boosts and drum rolls, and, uh, I was fine. Yeah, there's, there's a similar, like, thing in the Cheese Wizard tree. There's, like, one that just straight up boosts your mysticality, and there's one that doubles your mysticality attack, you know, the next one that you do. So I think, I think the trees are probably similar, just... Yeah, just using you know. a different stat. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of... <laughs> I think my favorite way of dealing with like high health enemies was just stack poison and stack fire on them. Yeah. There's yeah, there's three there's three um status effects that you can give things. There's uh poisoned on fire and bleeding. And I think bleeding just does depending on how much bleed they have does a set amount of damage each turn based on the number of bleed. Poison um usually starts large does that damage each turn, but each turn it also reduces by one. On fire usually starts small, but increases by one every turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, so they can be pretty powerful if you use them correctly. I found the hardest enemies were not like single, uh, especially by the end, were not like single enemies with high health, but when you had a lot of little enemies, especially the ones where it's like they can't take more than um, than five physical damage at once. Mm-hmm. Um, although I did end up with a an ability that uh, that did sleaze damage, so I could get around that by just doing sleaze damage. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I felt like I hit a pretty hard plateau immediately once you get into the second section, which is the Crystal Dream Lake, because you have all of these encounters that are just like six fairies that all <laughs> do like damage to everyone in your party. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, that that felt like a weird jump, but you know, yeah. eventually, you you do circumvent that. Um, yeah, it's it's the game is very generous with how much stuff it lets you do per round because you've you've got your um, like AP abilities and then a bunch of items. By the end of the game, I think I could use like seven or eight items per round. <laughs> Yeah, um, and I almost never used items. Like I used items a lot in the very beginning, but then I kind of didn't. And so by the uh, by the end of the game, when I went back to fight the golem, I was like 
I don't know, three or four rounds away from beating it. And I'm like, I need to make sure I can like survive these last few rounds. And I check my inventory. I'm like, oh, I have an item that I have like 15 of the item that just gives me shielding. And I can use yeah. like shielding on like I have enough like items per round that I can just use shielding on myself and my familiar every round. Yeah, it's yeah. like shielding. Um, there's the comfort bomb, which heals your whole party by like 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And then there's I think there's a spooky bomb and a nuclear bomb, which both yep. do like a decent amount of dam damage to every enemy on the screen. It's like, OK, yep. well, I'm going to stack these. Yep. Um, right, so, so so Crystal Dream Lake is number two. You are trying to find uh, an old compass, an antique mm -hmm. compass, um, from before they changed uh, west, the, before they got rid of north and made west the new north. Yes. Um, so you need a compass that points at old north. Um, and you find a guy who has like the cursed one that you're looking for, but he won't get he won't part with it. So you have to find an, him another antique compass that points at old north, so you can swap it for his. And that that this one has a lot of like time travel shenanigans. The woods have a like a lot of doors into past versions of certain areas, and there's some puzzles that involve going back and forth from the past. Uh, one of the random events you can get from wandering around is like running into yourself. And mm -hmm. uh, giving yourself stuff, and you can uh, give, you can choose whether or not to like complete the loops. I don't know what happens if you don't complete the loops. So I think I must have not completed the loops. I thought I did, um, but I I must not have, um, because at the end I uh, <laughs> the the achievement you get is called temporal oopsie. And I got locked out of the universe by a temporal paradox. It was just a thing that happened to you because of, um, just like, I thought that was just the ending. I thought that was like a guaranteed thing. Do you not have to get locked out of the universe if you, oh, like, do unless you? you get... I don't know. I thought that was because I didn't do something. I think that's just the normal ending. I mean, there is oh. a good ending, but to do the good ending, you have to, um, like, do a whole thing, side quest in the uh, um, the SIT campus that's, like, blocked after a certain point, so you can't go back and do it later. Wait, is that the side quest with Rufus? No, you have to do a whole thing where you, like, look up the... Um, the head of the academy in the archives and then you find out about like an accident that happened uh with like a, a number of the professors and so you have to look them up and you have to um this involves going back and forth between like looking up things in the school directory and looking up things in the newspaper archive back in ocean city um oh. and then you have to do all of this before you finish sit because you have to ask the weird cultist in the stacks about it um, when you get to him as part of the quest. And if you just defeat him and kill him, then you can't ask him about it anymore and you can't go back into the stacks after that. So that's, uh, that feels dirty. Yeah, no, it's, it's really yeah. obscure. And like, I don't know how anyone would like just stumble onto it. Um, I mean, I'm sure you could, if you're like very inquisitive. Um, but yeah, if you do that, then uh, one of the professors is, I guess, like, somehow stuck on the other side of the wormhole at the end or like shows up and like helps you get out 
there's some technology developed by the, one of the professors in this background thing that helps you get out of the thing at the end. Weird. Okay, well, I don't feel bad. Wormwood, for I not think getting that. His, his name, Professor Wormwood. Um, yeah, I, I looked it up and then I was like, oh, no, I'm not going back and playing the whole game again to see this ending. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> too, game too long. Yeah, there's also another ending, I think, with some kind of, like, uh, insect-themed Cthulhu monster uh, that shows up on the other side. I don't quite know how that one goes. I didn't read it in detail. But it involves you have to get enough mysticality to talk to the roaches in the uh, botanical gardens instead of killing them. And that, like, triggers a quest that... Uh, that you, if you do the right things, you can like summon a different eldritch deity at the end. Man, they really line these things up early on. Yeah, <laughs> like because the botanical garden is—I mean, that's an ocean city. That's like one yeah. of the early things. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a little, a little uh, annoying, but eh, yeah, whatever. I mean, I think these two are meant to be more obscure endings. Um, but yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe you can, like, I thought I did all of the, like, I never used the Mobius ring, and I thought I, like, closed all the loops, um, so I didn't make any time paradoxes. So I don't, I mean, it did say the thing about, like, hey, you created a time paradox, but I thought that maybe had something to do with the fact that, like, uh, the weird evil woman is maybe some version of you somehow. Because um, it seemed like the game implied that several times. Yeah, it's difficult to say. There's a lot. There's a lot going on in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. So yeah. So Crystal Dream Lake. You get the compass. Uh, the third one is the SIT campus, which is where the evil like machinations of the dark cult can't find you, and you have to enroll in college. <laughs> And uh, complete a bunch of courses. And you get to pick which ones you want to take um, based on, like, one-sentence descriptions of what they're going to entail. So, like, a puzzle. A sillier puzzle. Like, a logic game. A, a, a management sim. <laughs> you know, like... Um, so you have to pick, like, a major, a minor, and an elective. And then what you... Uh, what you pick determines, like, what you have to do in that chapter. I forget, what's the what's the item you get from the SIT campus? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, let me, actually, I should I should have the wiki up for this, so let me just pull up the wiki. Um, the wiki I found to be extremely unhelpful, because I, I did end up looking up a number of things, and I usually never found the answers on the wiki, because they were just very incomplete. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well, I let me, don't um... remember. Like, I tried to look up how to unlock one of the cats, and the entry for that cat is like, this is one of the unlockable cats in the game. And it doesn't tell you, like, what its boon is, where it is, how to unlock it, any of those things. You can get yeah, special I... once-a-day power-ups in the game by uh, petting cats. There's a lot of cats. Yes, there's quite like, a I large number of cats. I don't, I don't think I even found all the cats. Um, there there nope. are a bunch of them. Yeah, I I looked. I found someone's list of them later. I think, and or at least at least a partial list. And there were several that like I did not know you could even find. Um, I think I was able to pet most of the ones I saw. At least, um, so. Uh, but yeah, whatever the item is on the 
uh, SIT campus, you you know you find and you uncurse it. Um, you um, like let's see. Then comes gray cat. No, then comes the swamp, uh, which is just a big swamp. There's a bunch of alligators. Someone from the antique store has disappeared, uh, and you need to go find him and rescue him. He's like Charles. the main guy there. Yeah, Charles Wallace, which is the name of the character from uh, A Wrinkle in Time. Um, oh. Yeah. And uh, then... Um, yes, yeah, so that's full of, like, gator men, and there's, you know, lots of kind of uh, cryptid jokes and interesting stuff in that chapter. Then is Gray County, which is sort of like, you know, rural Midwest, like you know, farming town where the oil oil baron has come in and, like, fucked up the whole local economy, so you join a group of people in uh, blowing up the oil factory. I, there's a joke I very much enjoy in that sequence where you get to the oil factory and they have a bunch of different, um, like, barrels for the oil refinement process. Um, and it goes oh. from... But it's, it's like, uh, uncouth, rude, crude, unrefined, refined, classy... Like, the yeah. different, like, gradations of oil. Yeah, that was a good background bit. Oh, also, the, the, like, the eldritch haunted corn maze. Yep. In that zone. And the, um, wormhole house. <laughs> yeah. It's the house of the bunch of bait. Well, there's two, there's two wormhole sections. One is, like, a space and time wormhole, and one is just a bunch of holes made by giant worms. Um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So both of which are things you can do in that area. There's also an old mill that's very angry about the Pulitzer Prizes. Um, you know, just just your standard loathing stuff. Yeah, there's like a farm um, that's full of uh, giant ducks that you have to clear all the ducks out. Mm -hmm. um, and then, like, the final area is sort of like the government town, sort of like the, the capital... Uh, and that one's kind of a lot smaller. It doesn't have... Uh, it has a lot of places you can go, but there's basically no side quests there, so it goes a lot faster. Yeah, uh, it's basically all just in service of getting you to the the final showdown, kind of. Yeah. Um, there's also, like, there's a bunch of other, like, side quests and storylines and optional things that weave throughout the game. Like, there's a whole sequence of things where you can, like, find hobos throughout the game and, like, send them to the hobo city and, like, learn hobo code from them that helps you find secrets. Um, and if you find all of them, then the hobos, like, go off in the end and, like, found a new hobo paradise. <laughs> yeah. There's also the um, the speakeasy in Ocean City, which is kind of like, it ends up being sort of your base of operations. Like when you um, want to swap out companion characters, they are just hanging out there. Um, and throughout the game, you can pick up like various types of booze and um, cocktail garnishes um, to send them to the bartender there. Because when you start uh, this, like at the beginning of the game, he has no drinks other than beer. Um, so you have to collect other types of alcohol yeah. and like... And it's it's kind of a cool mechanic because at the beginning of every day you can go to his bar and order a drink and like which alcohol mixer and garnish you pick determines like what effect it has on you as a potion. Mm -hmm. um, so you can like mix and match different ingredients to get uh, your drink. I think the one I ended up doing most often was like um, 
uh, absinthe, vermouth, and bitters. Which I don't know mm. if that would be like the most disgusting drink of all time, or if that's a reasonable thing to to make. But uh, it was a it was a good combo of stats. I feel like it would be bad, but well, I you think know, it would whatever. be bad. But at the same time, when you mix like the drinks that mix strong liquors, tends to just taste like booze anyway. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Absinthe is gonna overwhelm anything you put in it anyway. Yeah, absinthe is gonna taste like absinthe. So, yeah, there you go. Well, the absinthe was the moxie boosting one. So, yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember which one was which off the top of my head, but yeah, there you, I, go. I, you got milk as one of the uh, like mixer options. So, I guess you could make like maybe white Russians or something. Yeah, that's um, fine. White Russians is all right. The uh, there's also a side quest um, where you work for the mob. Um, I don't know if you guys did that one. Yeah. Um, I I assume it's got to be pretty hard to miss since it's like a long series of quests. It would be a lot of content to make it hard to stumble into. Um, where like the mob will just send you off on like side quests for each place you're going. Um, there's a guy you meet in uh. Uh, called Rufus uh, in the SIT basement, who is looking for his like long lost sibling, which I guess is implied to be you in some kind of paradox fashion. Because um, from what I read online, um, it changes to whether he's looking for his brother or sister based on the gender that you choose as a character. Oh, interesting. Um, so, or it's like implied to be like the character from West of Loathing. Um, that you were, or something like that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I I remember that part vaguely. Because he says but... something about how, like, you know, his sibling like went out to uh, went went north or like new north, uh, to like seek their fortune or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? What are some other good like running? long form ones there's there's cursed objects you can find that are like not the main story cursed objects so you can go and like do a couple of additional curses um there's all kinds of like space-time rifts that you can wander into and do like weird one-off activities in order to close them yeah like be a bat breaking a bunch of mirrors or things like that yeah i think yeah like shadows overloading has a lot more like long run running like quests and stuff compared to west of loading which was tended to be more contained in like one or two cities yeah yeah it had a lot of like one-off things and there were a few like threads that you could pull across like the whole like ancient aliens thing mm-hmm. um that was like a running thread but that was kind of like pretty hidden and you had to like be purposefully looking for stuff about it if you wanted to actually get like get payoff on those from what i remember yeah i i remember that like i feel like i interacted with almost none of the ancient alien stuff um mm-hmm. and then looked it up later and was like wow there's a lot of this here's <laughs> yeah. a ton of stuff you have to do like oh wow yeah um there's uh there's some excellent running gags like uh 
the they don't do the spittoon gag obviously because it doesn't work uh in a noir the way it w does in a western um <clears throat> but instead there's a thing where you can like fish in any body of water no matter how small or nonsensical so like if there's somebody's got a glass of water on a table you can fish in it basically or yeah if there's like a pool of blood on the floor you can <laughs> yeah. fish in that yep um there's a at one point you fish in like a water cooler a well like yeah like a puddle of blood somebody's bathtub somebody's kitchen sink oh uh, my favorite running gag and i don't i don't remember if there was something like this or if this is just a continuation of west of loathing um you can flush almost every toilet that you find and every toilet that you flush gives you more experience than the last one so by by the end of the game, you're getting like 60 experience points or more for for flushing a toilet, which yeah. is yeah. And by by great. point of comparison, you might get like seven XP from completing a fight. Like yeah, it's uh like that's a lot of XP. Um, yeah. they also have a lot more like books that you can learn continuous stats from, right? Like they they have the same as West of Loathing, where there's like a book that you learn something from and then it disintegrates immediately or you like learn it and then upgrade it once or twice and then it disintegrates but they also have like um there's a book for each of the different armors uh in the game that you can read continuously to just keep bulking up that type of armor except i think physical armor um mm -hmm. and each time it costs more xp so yeah there's another one for meat drops i think mm -hmm. i like put a two, bunch two of points three for meat drops yeah the one that i used was like a recipe book for um mutton recipes mutton. yeah <laughs> and i think i think by the end of the game i had like 120 130 percent additional meat drops so like more than doubling my yeah. meat drops per encounter yeah i had so much meat by the end of the game that like when i got to the prison uh, where like everybody like wants you to buy them stuff i'm like i can just buy all of this easy <laughs> Um, yeah. There's also um there's a series of companions you can find um that like come along and help you in uh in your quests and like they each of them has like a little side storyline that you can uh complete. Um I only I think I only completed like one and a half. Um but uh they you know they're a lot of them are real cute and they have, you know, like interesting uh backstories that you get to learn about the more that you keep them with you the more they like level up and become more powerful um i found you so you start with gabby the goblin um she's great uh and they uh, the I'm one okay. the other one the other ones i got were um molly who is like a gunner for the mob who's the one i ended up sticking with um obi who's a, a hobo who plays the oboe um who else i had at least one more oh the, there's like um a girl from sit who's like a robot enthusiast who um is like the daughter of the a man that you meet in the prologue yeah i think um there's like a bunch of different ones that you get from sit based on what major you choose because i oh, got one yeah. from i think it was from chemistry and he's like um, he's a, a professor from like a couple hundred years ago or something who bronzed himself and you unbronze him and he comes on your journey with him oh interesting That's so yeah fun. his his ability is like he throws poison bottles and it stack it's like it's like a, a 15 stack of poison per 
attack. It's it's pretty good. That's intense. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I uh, I I got this this girl who um, her attacks honestly are not that good, but she comes with a robot companion who also attacks. So it's like mm. an additional team member. Um, she, yeah. she was okay, but like, and she was like a fun person to converse with as well, but like actually not that effective in combat. She can cause burn, but like, or on fire, but it's, you know, like she couldn't cause a lot of it, so. Yeah, I had the professor as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I took robotics instead of chemistry. So yeah, what classes did you guys take? I took uh, robotics, uh, astronomy, and um, gym. <laughs> Phys ed. I did chemistry, um, also astronomy, and uh, cooking. <laughs> Or it was oh. like barbecue science or something. It was cooking. It was a cooking thing. Um, that one was yeah. pretty, pretty boring, I, honestly. I did the exact same. So yeah, the uh, the the phys ed mini game was really fun because that was the management sim one. Um, so it turns out you are uh, put in charge. You are put as the coach for the food fight team for the school, um, and you have to like. That it's just a thing where you just like watch them fight the uh, like the opposing team, and every time any of your teammates is knocked out in a round, then they can be upgraded between rounds. So you like do this by like going and giving them like a pep talk and some advice as the coach, and it gives you the option of like three different upgrades that you could choose to improve them. And so, you know, like, which update upgrades you pick in which order determines, like, how well your team does and how long it takes you to get to the end. Um, and, it's, you know, it's a little bit, like, drawn out because you have to sit and watch the, uh, the, the game play out in the middle of each. But it's, I found it to be pretty fun. Yeah, the chemistry one, I, and I made the mistake of choosing a hard puzzle for that one. And it was, like, a very long-winded, like... Go to this place, now go to this place, now talk to this guy, and go to this guy, and then do this thing, and now do this other thing, and basically it was like, you have to come up with, like, a potion to, I don't know, make chrome shinier or something, um, using various alchemical reagents, and then you have to, like, translate a book, and then you unbronze the professor so that he can tell you, uh, like, some information that's not in the book, um, it's a whole thing. So, Interesting. yeah. Yeah, the um the robotics one is a little programming mini game where you have a little uh like you you have to partner with someone and she, like she's already built the robot and you're doing the programming part and it like gives you a little obstacle course and so you have to say ahead of time like what actions you want the robot to do and you can outfit the robot with like different tools depending on which path you want to try and take and you have like x number of moves to get to the finish line. Um and then astronomy is, uh, like, you have to do a puzzle. I didn't like the astronomy one because you can't complete it until you go and ask for advice from the, like, the people in the library. Yeah, that was annoying. <laughs> like, I, I understood what I was supposed to do, um, like, way before that, but there was no mechanic for doing it. I'm like, oh, like... Clearly, based on what the professor's hinting, like, I need to find a way to point the telescope in a different direction, like, probably at the ground or something. Uh, or I need to, my, my smart, I, like, I had so many smart ideas. I'm like, okay, let me try looking through it in the other direction, like, looking in the big lens and seeing if I can, you know, if it'll look through the small end. And, like, that would be really funny, you know, very in-game joke. 
Um, I also wanted to make use of they have a in the options menu, which we should talk in, about in more detail at some point. Um, there's an option that's uh, invert y x y axis, which just flips the whole screen upside down. Um, and I'm like, ooh, I should invert y axis, and then the you know, technically the things pointing in like the opposite direction. Maybe I can see like the Southern hemisphere stars, you know, now uh, or something, which would have been an incredibly clever solution, but does not work. Yeah. Would have been, yeah. but it would have been a really awful solution if you don't get it. Well, yeah, but they could have uh, like, they could have given you that hint in the uh, library so that like you could figure it out on your own. But like, if you didn't, you would still end up having to go to the library. <clears throat> but what they do is you just you go to the library, and a, an NPC there says, "Try pointing it at the ground," and then you have the menu option to point it at the ground. And I'm like, "Well, yeah, yeah, I knew that." Like, yeah, I I got stuck there, and I did have to like look that one up to be like, "What?" Like, I it was the same thing. Like, I know what I need to do, but I don't know how I'm supposed to get that option. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then the the cooking one is basically um, a series of like stat checks um, in order to make like an omelet. Basically, you have all of your courses for the day. So there's breakfast, lunch, uh, an appetizer, I think dinner, a dessert, and then I think there's like an extra. There's like one other extra credit one. Um, so you know, based on like how much muscle or moxie or mysticality you have, it like. It, it um you know gets you to select various types of breads and meats and stuff for a sandwich um or just combine whatever the fuck you have in your inventory to make an omelet oh um, boy yeah i think i don't even remember what mine was but yeah and then you just get like here's some items uh and here's some xp it's it's not very involved um from what i remember but yeah yeah, I wonder who the uh the third um the third familiar the third uh, companion is you can get from that cuz I know from looking at the uh achievements list that there are a number of companions I didn't get. There's like a Gatorman companion that I assume you can get in the swamp somewhere. Um there's a dog apparently. Uh yeah. But... That's the one you if you get if you study botany, I think. Oh, okay. You get the I, dog. I I found it. So the companions that you always get, I think, are Gabby, Molly Buttons is the like mob gun person, um, Obi the Obo Hobo, and then we both got Professor Adams is the professor. There's uh, let's see, Simone is the robot person, and then the other two are Barker. Who is a dog plant? You or get something? yeah. Uh, Barker was created among the litter of plant pups as a plant-engineered animal, so you get that from getting botany in okay. SIT. And then the other one is Alphonse Gator that you just get through a random event in the Big Moist. Okay. So. Yeah, I guess I just didn't get the random event. I bet he's yeah. a fun companion. Probably. Let's see. What does he do? Oh, let's see. You have to have a shadow item equipped or have at least one level of shadow taint. Uh, oh, interesting. 
while wandering around in the big moist. Interesting. Okay. Um, okay. The Molly Buttons like storyline is uh, about like breaking her girlfriend out of jail, uh, which is very cute. Um, I the Gabby one. I saw the first cutscene where she like uh, spores. Because apparently goblins are, like, actually a type of fungus, and they reproduce by, like, exploding and becoming a new version of themselves. Um, yeah. So I got the cutscene where that happens, but I assume there's probably another one later on. I'm looking at it right now, because I also only got the first one. Um, the, the other one is also in Crystal Dream Lake. Gabby will go to the cave to check up on the new Gabbies. She will find that all the spores have grown up learning to dance and fight. And she gets an extra muscle. Okay. The player will ask. The player asks if they will know what the secret is. Gabby laughs and says, "Maybe someday." Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Gabby is a good companion to have because she can do um, both uh, injury and healing, which not a lot of uh, characters can do. I guess um, she also, if you wander around with her in Gray Gray Country or Gray County, she learns a fire dance, which sets all enemies on fire for three damage. Nice. Which, not bad. Um, Molly does. Uh, she has a kneecapping ability where she can like damage your enemy and also damage their muscle stat. Um, she's got a gun. One where she, like, shoots a bunch of times dealing one damage each. Which is not, like, that useful in certain circumstances. But in circumstances where you have a lot of enemies with not much health. Or you have those enemies that, like, can't take more than five damage at once. Like, they can, that can be useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she has... Oh, she, she also, for me, learned a knife trick. Where she just causes three bleed to L, all enemies. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking at Professor Adams as well. So his combat abilities are Nasty Flask, which is Oh, it's sorry, it's it's less it's less poison than I thought it was, but it's a uh, 9 if you upgrade it, which is still quite a lot. Um yeah. he gets antibiotic ointment, heal an enemy for 7 health and <laughs> boring lecture which reduces um every foe's moxie by 3. <laughs> and I think those can be updated upgraded as well. Yeah. So I yeah I'm I'd be curious I'm like vaguely curious what the other companion storylines are, but like not enough to actually play it again. <laughs> Maybe enough to like look them up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other like threads running through. There's there's so much in this game. <laughs> it's just like a lot of stuff, and there's like a ton of side quests. Every single area except for the government uh facilities at the end have like a bunch of side quests that you can do in the area um like you help a girl in crystal dream get um like some crystals uh help a bunch of kids in the swamp like find the cryptids they're looking for uh help help like a lady in a plane who crashed in the swamp get out of the swamp um if help some guys in the frat houses at, at SIT like there's there's just so many things Oh yeah, I think my favorite one was the very long and drawn out. Um, all of the workers at the mine have been turned into frogs. 
I think I, I fucked that one up because I, I made a decision too quickly and uh, I like just reversed the curse immediately and then everyone like they were like, hey, can you uh like help us run away from our jobs? And so I did like one little thing and they ran away. And I guess the like there's a whole thing where you help them unionize, which is like takes much longer. Yeah, the um the outcome that I got because <laughs> I saw like you can do this, but be careful. So I was like, oh god. Um, so I was very very thorough. But basically, what you end up doing is the the frog in the cave is like so. Okay, I'll back up. What has happened is uh, due to a magical curse, um, all of the frogs or a bunch of the frogs in the swamp have been basically brain swapped so the brains of the humans are in the frogs and the brains of the frogs are in the humans and they're all miserable except for one frog who is like i don't want to go back to being a frog being a human's great um so basically you have to um like do this whole thing where okay they work at the mine and the foreman of the mine is a real piece of shit and they're all being like exploited terribly so basically you undo the curse in such a way that the foreman stays a frog and the frog that doesn't want to go back to being a frog gets switched back into the foreman's body so he becomes the new foreman the foreman is cursed to be a frog forever and everyone else is just switched back to normal i see um <laughs> yeah it's a whole thing that sounds like i probably should have held out for that but i did not that's fair. Um, oh, there's also a whole Romeo and Juliet plot in that section with uh, the bass company where like one family debones the bass and the other family rebones the bass. Um, but their their children have run away with each other. Yeah, I got that quest and I think I got it like at the end of a play session and came back to the game and completely forgot about it. So I didn't complete it. Um, <laughs> and And I remembered it only when I got the title card at the end of the game. Oh, that talking blog, about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, Alright. Any, like, favorite jokes in the game? Because I have a couple. There's so many, and I yeah. have that recall, so I can't think of anything, like, off the top of my head. Yeah, I should have, like, scribbled them down. <laughs> I know, same. So, so... Um, two that made me, like, genuinely laugh a lot. Uh, in the Science Museum in uh, Ocean City, uh, in, like, the park, there's a, there's a Tesla coil, and right next to it there's, like, another weird-looking thing that is an Edison coil, and the two of them just zap each other back and forth with electricity oh. the whole time. Yeah. Uh, that made me laugh very hard. Uh, and the other one is in the options menu. Um, there's an arachnophobia option you can turn on, which the mouse over text is uh, you will not encounter any spiders. Uh, and then there's an arachnophilia option where the mouse over text is you will encounter so many spiders. And then there's uh, also an option that is arachnophonia that yep. turns all combat sounds into spider noises. Yeah, if you turn on arachnophilia, you get the option for arachnophonia, which is yep. also a great joke. Uh, it, as it turns out, arachnophilia is very powerful in the early game um, because it it uh, uh, it makes it so that in in every combat, um, 
there is one extra spider on the enemy side and one extra spider on your side. Yeah. Uh, and having an extra teammate in the early game is incredibly valuable, especially because that spider hits for nine plus poison, which yeah. is in the early game is a lot. It's huge. It's really good. Yeah. Um, I was glad you mentioned that because I probably would not have thought to turn that on. <laughs> But it does uh, help a lot. Yeah, and in the late game, like it's more annoying to have additional enemies than it is helpful to have additional help. Mm -hmm. um, so I turned it back off again. But yeah, it's uh, it was pretty useful. Um, this yeah, there's a lot of really good humor, and like I don't want to like say that like this is a bad game or you know like diss the game too much because like. There were moments of, like, very genuine joy I got out of it. I think they just, like, it's too much, like, too much of the same all at once. It needed yeah. to be a tighter experience. Like, the it's... first game, you have one map that you can wander around. In this game, you have six maps that you can wander around. I thought, I thought you had three maps, because there's, like... The first area, and then you go further west, and there's another area, and then you maybe, go further west, there and there's three. another. But still, that's that's still yeah. twice yeah. as many maps. Yeah. Um, and I mean, even as much as I, it pains me to say it, even just playing through like the normal stuff, there is so much dialogue that yeah. I feel like I probably missed a lot of great jokes because I was just like, I can't sit here and read all of this. There's so much text. There's so much text. Yeah. Um, Maybe it's just me, but I also think, like, all the dialogues were longer. That could be. It, it felt that way. Um, it definitely felt that way. I can't say for certain, but... Yeah. You know. There's also, I think, a lot more, like, fourth wall back and forth between you and the narrator. Um, which is, you know, it was a good gag in the last one and is a good gag here, too. But, uh, as you say, like... By the time you've seen it a certain amount, you start just, like, skipping through it. Um, yeah. The only time I can remember having a lot of back and forth with the narrator in West of Loathing is whenever you try and do stuff with the spittoons and the narrator tries to talk you out of it. Um, but they did that kind of gag a lot more in this one. Yeah. In one in particular, I remember there's, like, one item that you can get pretty much anywhere, and it's just, like, a single cigarette. And you can try to smoke it, and I don't know what even happens because I didn't, like, actually see it through, but you can try to smoke it and the narrator will keep telling you not to smoke the cigarette yeah. because it's bad for you. Yeah, uh, eventually says, like, even if I, even if I was going to let you smoke that, it's too wet to light. Um, oh, so there's the wet ones, but there's also dry cigarettes. Oh, are there dry? Okay. Yeah. I think somebody needs one at some point. Yeah, um, the, the old sea captain, if you did the sea captain quest. Yeah, that's the guy. Um, I did not realize, I had to look up how to, like, go about that one next, because I did not realize at that point that you could go look things up in the newspaper archives and that that would have an effect on the game. Oh, yeah, that's, um, I stumbled like, on that pretty quick. Like, I just, I saw the newspaper archives at the very beginning, and it was like, you, like, you know, you probably shouldn't just, like, browse through these if you don't have a specific date you're looking up and then i just entirely forgot they existed because i i had no reason to go back into that building ever uh and then i i was playing and i looked it up and i'm like oh right yeah there was some kind of stacks in the news newspaper office i should go check that out yeah i think they like they sort of tutorialize that because when you go underneath the um the newspaper archives 
there's a calendar on the wall that has a date marked and you're like hmm i wonder what happens like i wonder what happened on that day i should go look it up and that's like how they sort of explain that whole mechanic to you basically every time you see a date written down you can then go look it up in the newspaper Mm. archives yeah um and that is required for a number of puzzles in the game Mm -hmm. in various places um that doesn't mean it's not inconvenient to have to go all the way back to ocean city uh every time you need to look up a date yeah you know i ended up doing a lot of stuff where i'd like save things that were all in the same area and then i'd like go to that area and do a chunk of things all at once usually Mm -hmm. in ocean city um and there are you know there's a bunch of stuff you end up doing in the start of each day because you get a you get a room in the back room of the uh um the antique shop and throughout the game you can collect stuff to put in your room and most of them will give you like a stat bonus of some kind if you interact with them at the beginning of the day Um, so, you know, I had, like, by the end I had, like, an orb, and a doll, and a fridge hanging from a chain, and, like, a scary scarecrow thing, and, uh, an old plush chair, and, like, you know, a bunch of stuff, and I, so when I would wake up in the morning, I would just go around and, like, interact with all of the things, even I'm, like, I'm probably not gonna need this bonus, but it doesn't hurt to get it. Yeah. Anything else? Music and art, I guess, is usually our final kind of thing. I mean, art is, there's, it's a stick figure game. There's not much to talk about. I mean, they do a lot with stick figures, though. Yeah, the the stick figure-ness of it makes it so that they can do more, like, weird and elaborate things with the animation and with what's on screen. Because they can be like, listen, you can't see the fact that he's dressed up in a suit and tie, but this guy's absolutely dressed up in a suit and tie. Um, and it lets you do the thing like having, you know, every pair of shoes give you a different walking animation. Yeah. Um, the music is like, they only have like two battle tracks, so it does get a little repetitive after a while. I did like the uh, jazz theme from the speakeasy that gets stuck in my head pretty easy. Um, and there was, I think there's like a different background music in each of the six maps. Um and I I remember yeah. them being like fine. I mean, compared to West of Loading, it's way more like ambience. Yeah. Music. Yeah. And Which I is... guess. Eh. Yeah. yeah West of Loading it... had fun tracks. Yeah, this was fine though. I mean, again, it all comes back to this game. Game too long. Um, I was thankful that. The music was not so distracting that I couldn't, like, put something else on in the background, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah it's, it didn't require, like, your direct audio attention. Um, so, yeah, I think the, the music was perfectly serviceable. Nothing to necessarily write home about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So... Like I wanted, I want to be more enthusiastic about this game. Like I said, like I had some genuinely good times with it, and uh, and I don't want to. I I've I loved West of Loathing so much. Like I don't necessarily like want to diss this one, but it it does like the the length is a serious problem <laughs> with it. Yeah, it it it's... it dulls it dulls the impact of it like quite a bit. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's, I don't, I, and I mean, I don't know if some of this is just coming down to like age as a factor. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the older I get, with obvious exceptions, as you know, like I said, um, I've been craving like a big, big meaty like here's a world thing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just I really appreciate, you know, very, very tight, very like authored experiences that are much quicker to get through. Yeah, games that respect your time. Yes. Yep. One hundred percent. Yep. I think it's uh, an age thing, but I agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, our free time is limited. We have to be judicious about how we use it. Yeah, I mean, you guys saw how long it took us to even get this episode out, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, for our next game, we're going to be playing one that's shorter than that. So that's fine. Segway, segway, segway. Segway, 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 yeah. Next game... Um, we're we're heading back into the indie game classics archive, um, and we're going to be playing V V V V V V. That was six, yeah. V V V V V V. The the game that we all know and love. I mean, I've I think I've I've even played it. I never finished it back in the day, but I have played Same. it. Um, I I by... played it and I got stuck in a at one challenge near the end, and I gave up and never went back. So oh, we'll man. see how this goes. Yeah, that's rough. Um, by the extremely prolific gamesman Terry Cavanaugh, who I'm sure you all know about. Um, most recently, Dicey Dungeons. Less recently, Super Hexagon. Um, plus so, a lot of other more obscure, <laughs> vague... A, like... a, about a billion Flash games. Yeah. Um, and even as I learned today, uh, he made a couple of games at Roblox, which is like, why not? Why not yeah. make a couple of games in Roblox? I like sure. the the title of the second one that he made called um, Anyone Could Be Struck by Lightning at Any Time. <laughs> nice. So, yep. yeah. There you go. Yeah, so that is what we are playing. And that one is supposedly five hours for completionist style. And only think... three hours to complete. I am guessing your mileage may vary depending on skill level. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like five hours for completionist and or bad at game. Um, yeah. So that's fine. I, uh, I'm i fine with, with five hours. I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> you always have the option to not do every collectible. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And I think I won't because I, I remember the uh yeah. There's the like two or three one. that are hard one. Yeah. Um, so I remember there was at least one that I looked at in my original playthrough and was like, fucking nope. Um, so I will probably do that again. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, Yeah. Pixel Massacre platformer. Um, VVV. Really, really of the time and place, uh, as we were kind of discussing before we, uh, before we started the episode, like that kind of thing very much in vogue in 2010 when it came out. So yep. we're basically with, time traveling this this next couple weeks. With an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, I have a vague memory of that. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see. We'll ex- re-experience it once more and uh, see how it holds up. Yeah. Um, 
plugs and stuff. I have nothing to plug, but you can find me on Twitter, I guess, uh, at Kelso Time Bomb. You can also find the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. Um, on the podcast Twitter, there will also be a link to the Discord. If you would like to come hang out in the Discord, you can do that. And yeah. if you want to come be a guest on an episode, literally all you have to do is like tweet at me or come in the Discord and yell at us. And we'll say, yeah, sure, come be on the the episode. You just have to play the game and be available on a Sunday. That's all. Yep. Yell at us so. politely. Like, don't yell at us in a mean way. But just be like, hey, hey, I want to do the thing. And, and you can do the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you can also, like, suggest games that you want to see us play. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, if you want, you can find my mostly abandoned Twitter at Kyla underscore go, or you can go to Instagram at Kyla Gorman Fury and uh, see all kinds of pictures of my gecko. Um, not, nothing gross. I have not posted gross pictures, unless you're grossed out by bugs, because I have posted some pictures of my ice pots, um, which some people might find gross, but I don't find them gross. Uh, it is 100% awesome, wholesome pictures, uh, mostly of Escher on that and i i've been taking so many since i got my new phone and they're so much better quality than the old ones uh and yeah do enjoy yeah and i'm carl and you can't find me nope because i'm not on the internet anymore carl is unreachable but live in the dream though we'll see maybe in the future i can plug some stuff i'm working on you have maybe a chance for a rare Carl sighting if you come on our Discord. True. Yeah. Almost guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> and that's uh that's it. That's the that's... pod. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for bearing with us as we took some extra time on this one. Um I I look, I don't wanna curse our our uh, time frame here by saying this I feel like I feel pretty good about getting it out in two weeks this time I feel I got a good feeling guys okay. um, we'll see <laughs> yeah that let's do one out. week yeah, yeah I we'll... have considered I have considered suggesting that we like find a little half hour game like a uh, uh, aperture desk job that's and just like do a one week episode we might do that at some point yeah that's definitely doable um so yeah, not this I mean one. this one's two there's... weeks and it's V V V V V. So V. Yes. Uh v. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we all like counting. stopped to count very quickly there. <laughs> I uh I, I'll leave the pause in as we all considered how many V's. Um <laughs> it's important. So yeah, that's it. And um we will see you in two weeks probably. Hopefully. Yep. Fingers crossed. Don't forget to call your mom. <laughs> Don't forget to call your mom. Um even if it's not Mother's Day. You should call your mom. Yeah, it's I true. refuse. Okay, well, <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> we did our best. Um, and that's all you can do. Anyway, uh, we also did our best recording this podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for listening. Bye! Bye-bye. Bye-bye.